Welcome to Millennium Live, a digital diary podcast. We sit down with the top C-suite executives and talk all things digital transformation. On this episode, Millennium Live chats with the head of product at WorkGrid, Troy Campano. Troy shares the story of how it all began at insurance company Liberty Mutual, and it was the love of the employee experience platform that brought WorkGrid to the market and transformed the digital workplace. In today's world of remote work, it is important for organizations to be setting themselves up to create a digital workplace that supports employees now and in the future. Thanks for joining us today, Troy. Great. Thanks for having me. I hear that WorkGrid has a really unique origin story. Do you mind telling us about it as well as yourself? Sure. Yeah. So, so WorkGrid really started, uh, the concept of it really started in about 2013 or so. I was actually born out of the insurance company, Liberty Mutual. Mm -hmm. uh, so the way that it worked was that we actually were employees of Liberty Mutual. We were part of the team that was creating what we believed to be the next generation of digital workplace experiences. And so we try to really think through, you know, what is it that in the future that employees would want as part of sort of their digital workplace and the tools and their technologies that they're using. So that ultimately turned into sort of the next generation of the internet at Liberty Mutual. And so we kind of call this, uh, this next wave of technology or this concept, we started to refer to it as, a, as an experience layer. Uh, and so it was this sort of concept that, you know, it would bring together almost like a digital assistant. It would bring together all the tools and technologies that employees would use together, their transactions, their approvals from different systems, kind of all into a, like a single pane of glass. So it was sort of the one place to go for, for everything the, uh, that the employee needed. And so when we launched this, it was sort of a huge success at, at Liberty Mutual. Um, I think, you know, the number one word that we saw that people were using over and over to sort of describe uh, when we did sentiment analysis on, on uh, people's feedback on, the, on this platform that we created uh, was the word love. You know, they loved using it. It made it, you know, kind of super simple to get their information, to look up their payslip, kind of all in, all in one place. And so... You know, as time went on, you know, eventually this ultimately we won a series of awards and sort of like intranet and digital workplace spaces. And we also started to hear, you know, other companies that wanted to be able to use this platform, but we weren't really structured to be able to do that. And so that sort of, you know, led us to a path of, well, what if we did kind of create this as a company and bring this to market? And so that's really where WorkGrid came from, was that it was a way for us to kind of take the, the things that we were doing at Liberty Mutual uh, and share them with other organizations. Okay, so we hear terms like digital workplace and digital experience layer a lot. Could you explain to me what that means and why they're important? Yeah, so digital workplace, you can kind of think of it as, you know, that we have our physical workplaces, but the digital workplace is really the collection of all of the tools and the technologies that we use digitally. So everything from communications to teleconferencing and video and how you access different systems, your HR systems or your expense systems, all of those together are really the, the digital workplace, sort of the digital version. You know, I remember when I started in the workforce, we used to have to actually fill out paper forms and, you know, submit a request for, a, for access to a system and you'd put it in your internal mail and that would go to somebody three floors down and they would approve it. And then they'd do something in a system and send you a letter back up. Uh -huh. you know, that was kind of the physical workplace when I, when I first started. And so, you know, obviously all that's been digitized. Um, and so that's really kind of the concept of the digital workplace or all the digital tools uh, mm -hmm. that you use that replaced a lot of these things. And so, you know, the experience layer was this concept uh, that I mentioned that, you know, we said, you know, what if we could kind of just give you this one experience that, 
you know, let's say if you're in sales and you spend a lot of time in Salesforce or, or in your sales tools, but you have all these other things, right? You get communications as to what's going on in your company. You might get an expense report that you have to approve. You might have to make a, you know, a change in a, in a corporate HR or an IT system. And so instead of having you jump into sort of 12 different systems, what if we could kind of just give you this one experience that worked on behalf for you and connected to all those platforms and brought all those things to you so that you could focus on kind of what the core of your job was. Uh, and so that was really the, the concept of an experience layer, almost like this, this like digital fabric, if you could kind of just place it on all these different tools and have it do the work for you and bring those things to you versus you having to jump out to these different systems. So if an organization is trying to create a digital workplace that supports employees, what do you think some of the challenges they face would be? I think um, the, the one that we tend to see a lot is that, uh, you know, having all these disparate systems uh, in all of these different silos, you know, often the employee and the employee's experience isn't sort of like top of mind, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're sort of designing a system for, let's say, HR, or, you know, the finance group is putting in a system or IT is putting in the system. And the employee experience is maybe in the top 10, you know, if you're, if you're lucky of, uh, you know, kind of core, core requirements. And so, you know, not only that, but then the experience across all those silos, you know, doesn't really consider the employee. And so it creates this sort of fragmented experience. And so the systems aren't really designed for employees. They're often designed for power users. So if it's, let's say, you know, HR, it's usually the requirements of the power users that are sort of the first focus and the employee's experience is kind of a lesser requirement. And so putting the employee at the center, at the center of that experience is, is, uh, is really important. And then, you know, another thing that we see is issues around governance. Uh, who owns the digital workplace? You know, most organizations, there tends not to be a, a single person or a single uh, champion for the employee. At Liberty Mutual, there is the creation of a chief employee experience officer role, and you're starting to see that at, at different organizations. So now there is a position or there is a group that is now starting to sort of be the shepherd for that experience, but that's fairly new. So what do you think are the most important considerations when evaluating solutions for employee experience? I think putting the, the employee at the center of the experience, so sort of human-centered design, is probably the most important thing. So you know, sort of this shift from thinking about just delivering services or uh, delivering, you know, different employee services, but you still need to deliver services, but focus on the employee's experience first. So sort of the shift from employee services to designing and delivering employee experiences. Um, so if you start with the experience first, then you can always sort of fill in the gaps or, or, or fill in the extra pieces to deliver the services, but you put the employee experience at, uh, at first. You know, if you do that, you know, that's, that sort of sets you light years ahead of, of how others, you know, often think about designing and evaluating some of these, these new solutions. You know, COVID and this pandemic is a huge hot topic right now. I think it's all any of us are still talking about. And we've all switched to the remote workforce. So how do you think it's changed how organizations need to view digital experiences for their employees? You know, obviously put a huge focus on the digital workplace, right? Because so for many organizations, you know, folks that were in offices previously that are now working remotely from home, you know, there, there, there almost is no physical workspace, right? It is you know, completely mm-hmm. the digital workplace now. And right. so that's, that's put an intense focus on the digital workplace, but it's also shown where there's gaps. So, you know, if you have a lot of 
you know, anybody that's worked in, you know, used to working in the office from, you know, in the intern to the CEO, everybody is being forced to essentially work from home for a period of time. And so now everybody is seeing what the digital workplace is, is really like. Um, and so this shift to remote work is really put this focus, which is a great thing, onto the digital workplace and has shown where there's gaps and it's shown where there's a lot of opportunity as well. So if we were to look at this from an enterprise architecture standpoint, how should organizations set themselves up to prepare meeting employee needs both today and I guess in the future as well? So I think about that employee experience concept. And, and so some of, the, some of the things that we think about are, you know, this concept of micro apps and micro services. So, you know, instead of um, having all of these different large systems, you're kind of picking and choosing different pieces and functionality that employees are using the most from these, from these systems and sort of composing together the experience layer, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's almost, you can almost think of it like an employee dashboard. And so, you know, kind of pulling all of these together and thinking through, you know, which, which of these things, you know, matter most to the employees and an aggregated experience is really important. I think one thing that I see some companies do is they try to build their experience layers in a system of record. So they might try to build an experience layer in their HR system or in an IT system and that works typically when you're working with HR functionality, but as soon as you start to move away from that domain and you're maybe starting to try to integrate IT systems into your HR experience, you know, mm -hmm. it, begins to, it begins to fall down. Um, and then, you know, it doesn't allow you to essentially future-proof your employee experience either. By separating your, your experience layer from those systems of record, you can actually swap out different platforms behind the scenes and have it not impact your employee experience in any way. So thinking of it, thinking of it much more as like a, a modular design and a way to sort of plug and play functionality and creating that layer of abstraction from a lot of those systems is a powerful way to go. What would you say are prime examples or great organizations that have got employee experience correctly or right? Some of the folks that are using our platform today, one is a, is a manufacturing company that is you know, focused in, in creating an experience for their sales force. And so one of the things that they're doing is really aggregating together different information from their sales systems, from you know, sales analytics to you know, key performance indicators, KPIs, reporting information on product price changes, you know, all of this, which may exist in several different systems, you know, they're able to bring all of that together into, into one common experience. You know, another organization we're working with, which is a, a large global financial services organization, they're very focused on uh, employee onboarding. And so you can kind of think of employee onboarding as the beginning of employee experience, right? That's where it starts is when the employees are first joining your company. And so they're thinking of it in the same way that, you know, putting the employee at the center of the experience, you know, often when you onboard employees, you're getting some top-level HR tasks or some top-level IT tasks. There's often all of these departmental things or things that your new manager is maybe assigning to you that are unaccounted for, that aren't in any of these systems. And so, you know, being able to take the enterprise-level tasks, but also your departmental and things from your team all into one experience is just a perfect example of, of kind of getting the employee experience right. Uh, and put, putting the employee at the center of the experience. Uh, and then there's another large global telecommunications company that we're working with. And one of the things they're doing is, is essentially trying to modernize the experience for a lot of their legacy systems. So, you know, instead of giving the, the legacy systems to employees to use primarily, you know, they're able to put that 
sort of facade or that, that layer on top, that experience layer, and have employees use that. So they've got one place to go to submit IT requests, uh, whether it's on mobile or on the web, and that sort of you know, hides some of those, those older legacy systems that they have. For some organizations that are quickly looking to make a big impact, what are some examples of maybe some low-hanging fruit that you could recommend for them? So anything that's, you know, really high volume or high impact tasks, you know, the, the one that I, I usually recommend first is aggregating all of your approvals. Mm-hmm. So uh, for a couple of reasons, one, it, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to calculate the time savings. If you've got 10 different systems and it maybe takes a, you know, a minute, a minute and a half to approve each of these things, if you can bring all of them together and, and maybe even, you know, put them on your, your mobile device, so that you can just you know, look across your phone and approve, 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 versus having each of those requests sort of lost in your email inbox and you know, mixed in with all of your other stuff at the same time. Being able to bring those approvals and those expenses and things you know, all into one place is a great way to start. And it also, that's something that you know, often managers will need to do. So it kind of builds management support across your organization uh, if you're looking to get more support as you roll out some of these things. You know, anything like requesting time off, you know, viewing employee payslip, viewing your vacation time. These are all things that, you know, employees are doing over and over and over. Uh, and so if you make it easier for employees to get access to this information where you can just make it, you know, one click to, to access this information as opposed to, you know, two or three minutes to kind of run a report in the, in the time management system, you know, right. significant time savings and, and cost savings. And what would you say the role of intelligent technologies like digital assistants, AI, machine learning will play in the digital experience? I think we'll see a lot with AI when it comes to search. And, you know, I almost kind of think of, um, if you think of like proactive search, it's essentially like recommendations, right? Like recommendation systems. So one of our customers, they, they built a, a job posting system. So they hooked up their, their internal job posting system for sort of internal mobility and you know showing employees different jobs that are available within the organization you're allowed to configure preferences you know based on your your job level and what your interests are it can recommend you know different jobs to you so that's kind of like a proactive search example but if you were to add let's say machine learning on top of that what you could do is look at all of the data of all of the employees of all the different jobs and all the different career paths that that an employee has taken in the past. Uh, And based on all of that data, you could actually say, you know, people that have a profile that kind of looks like you, they end up in one of these three jobs, right? So instead of having the employee having to configure, you know, the job level or, you know, topics that interest them, you sort of look at all of the history of that data and then have the engine essentially predict where it thinks you know a good place for you to go would be. It's a lot like you know the Netflix based on you know movies you've watched. It's the recommendation engine kind of thing, but within the enterprise, right? So it's like what types of use cases like that would be useful for employees? If we were to talk about some technology mistakes, what should organizations avoid, and are there any strategic pitfalls that they need to be wary of? The number one mistake, which is just always occurred is, you know, is one I, I spoke about previously, it's that kind of creating those siloed experiences and it's, yeah, you, know, you can see how it happens, right? Like a department will get a budget and they really want to deliver something and they, you know, the scope of it is very defined. And so that the employee experience just kind of, you know, falls away. It's, you know, requirement number 1503 kind of thing. 
and that's why we end up with a lot of these problems. It's taking that step back and kind of looking at, looking at it through the, the employee's perspective is really, really important. I have one final question for you, Troy. So if there's organizations that are just starting to transform their digital workplace, what advice do you have for them? I'd say, um, you know, you need to start small and iterate. I mean, there's definitely, I don't know how many projects I've been on where it's, you know, two years and kind of the planning and, you know, before you deliver something, it's this giant splash of a thing, which is just, you know, this day and age is, is really risky. What I would say is just, you know, find the one thing, whether it's the, the approvals from different systems, being able to bring that together and, and starting there, start with one small thing and then, and then iterate. So, you know, get feedback from your employees, you know, what are the things they're interested in? And so you know, I always recommend like, like go on an employee internal social network and ask them like, Hey, we're going to launch this thing. What is the next thing that you want to see? You get enormous feedback. You get, you know, themes of things that, that people want to see. That's kind of how we learned that, you know, employees obviously want to get faster access to their pay slip and to other information. Uh, and then they're able to, you know, they're essentially co-creating the solution with you. So now you've gotten the, you know, buy-in from employees because they've given their feedback and they know you've heard it because you're now delivering features and things that, that they want to see. Thank you so much for being here today, Troy. It was great chatting with you and learning about WorkGrid. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to check out some of our other episodes exclusively on Digital Diary.